What's up? We're uh, welcome to Deep Dive. I'm Jackson Russo. And I'm Adam. We're uh, gathered here today to uh, dive deep into an artist's discography. In this show, we uh, typically pick a band or artist. It doesn't have to be uh, a band. It can be a solo artist. Uh, have we done a solo artist? I guess yeah. uh, D'Angelo. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh... <laughs> I don't know offhand. But I, yeah, I don't think many, but um, others. Yeah, so we take uh, a musician and we listen to all of their discography. That's the plan. We haven't done all any of their split studio albums. Yet. We don't want to do any weird uh, EPs or like split yeah. releases or anything. So yeah, that's where you get into the mud. But uh, that's what we do on this show. And uh, so this, you know, welcome back. Yeah, if you've listened before. If you've listened before, thank you for listening again. Uh, we are listening this week to California Californian uh rock band uh <laughs> pavement. Yeah, I was going to say you picked them so you get to I was trying to you think get to do like the intro here. Yeah, indie rock lo-fi alternative rock Stockton, California pavement. I mean, yeah, all of that does apply. Yeah, I just read off the Wikipedia page which totally I'm not ashamed of that at all. No, no, that's that's a fine source. Yeah, I do like. I've always hated it when people would be like, "Oh, you read that on Wikipedia?" It's like, yeah, that's not a terrible place. Like, yeah. it. Yeah, I get there are some. I mean, here. Encyclopedia Britannica could be a- inaccurate too. It's just you know. Yeah, and the team gets updated he's more easily, which yeah. it is. Well, and there's too, a bunch of uh, credit and also against it. <laughs> bunch of people who are very defensive if you even try to edit anything constructively if you don't oh, yeah. do it the right you way. You can get so. banned. Uh, I think uh, some famous people have gotten banned from their own pages, like yeah. going on and like they'll change something, somebody will change it back, and then they just get banned. Yeah, one of the guys who invented like podcasting originally is banned because he tried to credit himself as the sole creator of podcasting. Amazing, That's great. Yeah, <laughs> what a well, thing to get banned for. So, so Pavement is the uh, they are a band that uh, they record they released music from 1989. To 1999 so a whole decade they've had a couple or they've had one reunion and the reason why i thought it'd be a good idea to do them now is because they announced this year that they plan on doing a 30th anniversary reunion they did plan on to, doing i think two shows uh in um, wow. south two, america two whole shows yeah and i think they're both in south america uh hmm. which is interesting because they're from the u.s i don't know how big they are other places but you would think if you're gonna do it you're probably bigger in your home country but yeah, maybe yeah but that being said you think that they would do something like um coachella or something like that but we'll get into that i mean later. i'm sure they're glad they're not yeah we'll get into that later because i think they may have broken up at coachella <laughs> oh yeah I, i'm not familiar with the history of this band so. i read through it uh that does not mean i'm a buff on it but uh so they are reuniting in 2020. It is not 2020 yet, but it is about to be, so I figured it's good time. Uh, I have heard a few songs from Pavement prior to this. Um, I would like to go ahead and say that I have always disliked Pavement, and I will get into the reasons why. Uh, I never listened to all of their music until now, but I have now, so we'll see if I've changed. But, uh, you know, what I've heard, the handful of songs, I was just like, this is not for me. That being said, I did have a song I did like by them, but overwhelmingly I didn't like them. So I don't think I've ever, 
I'm sure I have heard them, but I've never known who they were. I've heard the name around, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, and none of the songs stuck out as like, oh, I've, I definitely recognize that song. I've heard it before. We'll see. So. Uh, do you know their biggest song? Which one that no. is? Okay. Well, then we'll see once we get to it if you agree that that is their biggest song. Uh, but, um, yeah, I've just... They're, they're one of those bands that they have such a cult following. Like, they, they're big, but they're not, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers big. They're not that massive. But they are a big band and yeah. influential band and just kind of this... They have a cult following type thing. No, they, and they're, they're one of those bands that put out a couple albums in the span of, like, what, seven years? Yeah, ten. Well, I guess well, if you're talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, under right. ten years, where you like put out a bunch of stuff, and it, yeah, clearly, you know, hit with certain people. So, so they were originally conceived as a recording project, and they avoided press and live shows at the beginning of their career. So that's kind of, it's interesting. Once we get into that, we can kind of talk about it. But they were apparently when they started, they never intended on being a. Um, full like live band so what's super frustrating and i probably won't name a lot of names in this because they everyone they all have generic uh first names so you got steve bob scott steve mark gary and jason there's two steves by the way so steven and steve uh but they all have very difficult last names or what i think is difficult not typical so like you got steven malkmus uh bob nostanovic uh, uh, Scott Canberg, Mark Eibold. It just, they're not traditional. Steve West. Yeah, that one's real hard. Gary Young. <laughs> okay, not all of them, but the ones <laughs> no, yeah, that, like yeah. the lead singer, Steve Malkmus. Uh, There's at least I, like three of them that you have to look at it for a second and be like, uh, okay. Yeah, so I probably won't say a lot of names. I'll say vocalists and stuff like that just because I don't want to stumble over names over and over again, keep the content flowing. So, uh, but the lead singer is Stephen Malcolmus, and he seems to be the person that most people talk about. So uh, I say we just go ahead and get into it with their first studio release. And by the way, they have plenty of EPs and whatnot, but we're not getting into that. As we said, they have five studio releases, and that's what we're getting into. So they started in 1992 with Slanted and Enchanted. Uh, nice. I've got quite a bit of notes. We can run through them uh so as soon as this uh the first track kind of came on uh it gave me that kind of like that nostalgic feeling of uh, 90s alt rock so just a bit of uh background i was born in 1994 so it's not really fair for me to say too much yeah i don't know if that yeah but it does i mean it can invoke that feeling because while I was like becoming a music listener in the early 2000s, I was listening to the stuff that, that had just come out like a decade prior. So, yeah, uh, it, it definitely gave me that nostalgic feeling, super similar to that feeling that I get when I listen to 1979 by the Sa- Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I was thinking that it's like it kind of fits in that same time frame, even though it's not. Yeah, which we can talk yeah. about later because they have a little bit of beef. Oh, <laughs> Those, do they? Yeah, which we'll get into. There's so much that I wrote, and I was like, oh, so is this we'll get why it. they didn't make it as a mainstream band? Uh, it may be. I have some feelings on it, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, but it, it gives me that same feeling, like, if you've never heard that song, 1979, by the Smashing Pumpkins, first of all, what the fuck? No, you, you've heard it. And then, but yeah. second of all, like, it's this, like, that song is, like, it has this perfect encapsulation of nostalgia. It's weird. I don't know how they did it, but, like, 
it, for me at least, and it, it seems yeah. to be that way for a lot of people. I mean, the song's called 1979, and it talks about the band growing up in that era. So that's what that whole song's about. And I, fe- I got that same feeling immediately listening to this first album by Pavement. Um, uh, it starts on the song uh, <clears throat> Summer Babe, uh, and specifically in the end of Mouth of a Desert, uh, the chorus where he says the lyric, uh, and I, I really like this lyric, it's, uh, I've been crowned the king of it, and it is all we have. Uh, that sounded really bad coming out, like just saying it, mm-hmm. but it, it I kind of just noticed that like immediately that this band is very much a, you got to listen to the lyrics. Uh, not that they're these huge, like, heady lyrics but they're they're unique yeah um and just kind of let me attempt to say that one again it's i've been crowned the king of it and it is all we have that sounds bad still but uh, when you hear it, it it really it really works um i like that uh, opening song and in the mouth uh of desert or and uh, Zurich is stained, which is like a minute long song. Yeah, they have a lot of pretty short songs, actually. Um, not on this album specifically, but just throughout. Yeah, which kind of kind of surprised me. This album's fourteen songs long, and it only has thirty mi- thirty nine yeah. minutes of content. Uh, there, I'll say a positive thing before I get into what I was about to say. So the song here is the only song prior to this that I liked prior to this deep dive that I liked. So that you'd heard and also liked. Yeah. That song here is just, it's, it's great. I think it's one of their biggest songs if I'm not mistaken, but it's just really, you know, it's really simple. It's this kind of like a more emotional thing and really, that's interesting because it's not like it was a single or anything. No. Do they have singles on this? Yeah. They had two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, and so, also, I want to point out that uh, the first song is not called Summer Babe, technically. Yeah, Summer Babe winter version? Yeah, because they, from what I looked up very briefly, I guess they recorded the version they released as a single and then recorded it again for the album. Yeah. And then instead of just calling it the same song, they make, made it a version of it for some reason because they recorded it in the winter. Yeah. I couldn't tell any difference. I'll get so. in, yeah, and I'll get in a little bit more in the next album with kind of why prior to this i was never a fan of pavement i don't think it came off as strong on this one because it seemed intentional but so the song chelsea's little writ wrist or chelsea's little wrist mm-hmm. is a good showcase of when the lo-fi quality of an album uh that they exhibit doesn't work uh it's not a bad song but it's for sure one that like you'd skip if it came on shuffle, that kind of thing. If you're not listening to it as an album all the yeah, way sure. through. Yeah. And the reason I say that, so this album is super rough around the edges. And it's on purpose. It's not like you can tell that it's not this like shitty recorded album. No, it's very much like a like they just captured it yeah. when they recorded it and that was about it. Like not yeah. that it's bad quality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely but. not. No, like, and it's on purpose. So that makes it that gives it a little bit more merit and you can give it a little leeway of them saying, like, okay, well we're trying to capture something. We're not in there to overproduce, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I can appreciate that. And I think overwhelmingly on this album it came off well when they were doing that because it's very much like, yeah, obvious from the beginning that that's what this is. Uh but 
that song Chelsea's Little Wrist is like prime example of when that is just not working. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, I'm glad this song is a minute and 15 seconds long. Yeah, we'll say, I think they have, out of the short songs, there's plenty of them that are pretty solid. Yeah. I was kind of surprised by it because I don't tend to enjoy really short songs. It almost feels like but, like it's not worth your time because it's yeah. like, oh, even if I really like this, it's going to be over really quick. But yeah. I it, would it agree. It works though, on this album pretty well. Yeah, I would agree that I think they're very good at nailing that. Like that song, Zurich is Stained, that I said that I really like, it's a minute and 41 seconds. I consider that pretty short. Yeah. Anything that's below yeah, that's two and a half minutes short. to yeah. me, that's a short song. Yeah. Um, but what I think is really nice about it is it's not because there can be that fine line of when you're really when you're re- releasing a short song of it is either you have this great idea and you didn't expand on it or what they do which is they knew exactly what was working about that song and they nailed it and they didn't feel the need to fluff it or anything like that yeah. like this is the song and that's it you don't need to have four of the same chorus you don't need a double chorus you don't need that stuff so i think that's how it works like or why it's working because i i'm completely with you where there are th- times where i hear a short song and i'm just like ah, oh, this sucks yeah. i really you know thought i was gonna like this that kind of stuff but uh overwhelmingly i think this is or yeah overall i think this is a solid album especially yeah, for I, a first album i think this is one of those like we keep having this come up actually uh like really great like debut albums of like kind of defining like this is what the band is and yeah, at least in this case, what they set out to do originally. Um, yeah, it, it's a solid yeah. album. Yeah, uh, I think the second half of the album is better. Yeah, for or more enjoyable to me at yeah. least. But I think that's where the song here is. So, yeah, anything yeah. after that track uh, nine. Yeah, uh, fame, uh, fame throws, and our singer both were ones that I put out that were yeah uh, highlights of the second half. So apparently, the title of this album is taken from a cartoon that. David Berman of Silver Jews made recently, or made. And uh, if you don't know him, he actually recently passed away just this year. Uh, and Silver Jews is this band that apparently a lot of people coined as like a pavement side project because uh, David Berman and uh, Stephen Malkmus, they worked at the same, uh, I think they were both security guards at a museum together. Um, but it's hmm. nice to kind of like put that rumor to rest that it wasn't a side project. Yeah, they worked together, but it wasn't a side project of uh, Pavement. Like, it was, you know, David Berman's thing. thing. Yeah. But uh, sadly, he passed away recently. And uh, you should definitely check out Silver Jews if you haven't. But uh, I got no- nothing more to say about this first album. This next one I have a lot to say about. All right, let's so, get into it. So two years later, uh, in 1994, they released Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. So this is the album. Uh, the previous album sold pretty well. I think it sold 100,000 copies, which, you know, for some reason that's considered, uh, like back then apparently that was considered like, a, oh, they did well, but, you know, nothing special. Like, that's I mean, good. That, that doesn't sound like a lot, though. Yeah. So this one, uh, as of 2009, has sold 500,000 copies, and this is for sure their their big album. Like, this is the one that everyone talks about. There's a Pitchfork video that I watched that talks about this. Yeah, there's um, there's four singles on this album. Yeah, and so their big song, the biggest song that everyone knows, is on this uh, album. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if you can get it. Um, <laughs> so uh, 
You want me to start on this? I mean, I got plenty of things. I'll to just say. say I thought the the opening part of this album was pretty good. Uh, it kind of lost me most of the other way through it. It mm-hmm. felt like an imitation at some points of like Modest Mouse. To That's me. interesting. I which I wonder which one came out first. We should well, know that so since we've done this. We, yeah, we probably should. It was probably Modest Mouse. I don't know. Uh, just some of the instrumentation though, on uh, especially the song "Hit the Plane Down." Um, There's a Modest which, Mouse song called "Like This Plane Is." No, it's called uh, "Shit yeah, Luck." The but shit, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, that yeah. was on the the second to last song. So that one specifically sounded. Uh, I don't know, reminiscent, at least, of the instrumentation that Modest Mouse has. So Modest Mouse started in 1992, but they didn't release an album until 1996. Uh, okay. So this preceded Modest Mouse. That's interesting, then. But I definitely agree with you that there are some times where I hear something. Just because uh, Pavement was the first band to do it does not mean that they were the best band to do it. Right. Well, they As we've said even, with they many They may have not bands. even been the first band, either. Exactly. But. Yeah, yeah. Very good. But... Uh, I, I'm not trying at all to discredit your comment about that because I would agree Modest Mouse did it better. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, that's why I said it felt like an imitation, even though obviously it's not. For sure. But yeah. It, uh, it just didn't seem as well executed, I guess. So immediately uh, when this album, uh, this album feels more polished and mm-hmm. accessible uh, than the it, recording. It feels like it was intended to sell better and yeah. appeal to more people it worked it worked five times better yeah. uh but it, it feels more polished and accessible uh than the recording techniques used on the previous record uh but don't you fret because you can still hear the sour notes and out of tuned instruments so this is the reason why i've never been able to get into pavement is there is this very obvious concerted uh, effort to have these sour notes, these off points in the recordings, and this like I get it, like punk music does that, but punk isn't intentionally hitting bad notes. They just happen to hit a note, and they don't, they just don't give a shit. But this, it feels intentional, and there will be times where it just like it's like you have such a good song, and then you have this like guitar solo that it's just like it starts hitting hitting these weird notes on purpose. Which, by the way. That takes skill. I know people are, may disagree with me or are going to disagree with me. It takes skill to play a guitar badly on purpose. And what I mean by that is still keeping that someone's interest because you're playing right notes, but you're on purpose playing poor notes. But when you do it so much that it is the like forefront, that's when it becomes an issue to me. Like It has to be just a part of it, not yeah. it. it. It does seem like they intentionally made some parts of the album shittier just to be like keep that like indie i don't know the indie and this feeling is their kinda. big album like, too <laughs> yeah it is it is kind of weird especially yeah comparing it to the first album but that being said that, like that they tried to recapture that that uh i don't know that feeling of it or whatever yeah i want to i just wanted to get that out because that is the reason i've always disliked pavement save for the song here i really like that song but uh that has been the I, they've always held me at arm's length because of that and up until now i hadn't really really listened to everything so once again we'll see if i have changed but that sounds super negative to start off with but like i have a ton of notes on this so let me go over kind of the songs that i wrote notes about so the first song silence kid uh it this song is apparently affectionately known as silence kit it is actually silence kid with a d uh and, but it is affectionately known as Silence Kit 
by the fans and the band themselves because of an ink splotch on the artwork that made Kid look like Kit. That's pretty great. Yeah. And so the band, to this day, like uh, they've given out their set list and stuff, and it says on the set list, Silence Kit. And they will sing the words that way. And so, yeah, that, I think that's a good story. It's pretty fun. Also, I think it's a really good, catchy song. Uh, yeah, that's why I said I thought the album started off pretty good. Yeah. So then but. you get into the, the third song on the album, Stop Breathing. I can't ever listen to this song again because of the instrumental outro that has just has so many sour and clashing notes. But, like, I guess that's the charm. I don't know. And then we get the fourth song. Uh, which is the big bad boy. I'm assuming that's the song that everybody knows. Yes. Cut Your Hair is their biggest song. It never, is Never heard it. So, okay. I'm not quite uh, sure. Up until listening to this, I'd never heard it. So I'm not quite sure why this song is their biggest song, and that's not me saying it's a bad song. This song is a good song, and they're kind of commentary. This song is apparently a commentary on uh, music business and then also like like, appearances and stuff apparently 80s conservatism conservatism okay yeah apparently uh i need to re-listen to it after learning that fun fact but uh i don't think it's a bad song i think it's a pretty good song but i think there's definitely better stuff that they've released and i yes i knew this song prior to this so no one at me i knew this song don't worry but it's just like it's a good song it's definitely not my favorite song of theirs um, I think there are better songs on this album for sure. Uh, after that, you got Newark Wilder. Uh, it's like the opposite of some of their other songs where it has such immaculately written guitar parts that seem very well thought out. That doesn't seem like something they like to do. They seem mm-hmm. to, you know, play it off the cuff or maybe they are trying very hard to get that noise. Like that. Yeah, I kinda... think there's some like level of trying to I don't know, recapture that. Yeah, and I'm sure that's on purpose. Um, So my favorite song on the album is probably Gold Sounds, and guess what? That's probably because it's straightforward and catchy. It was also a single, so yeah, yeah. But it's straightforward and catchy. Like it, it's that's why I like it. Which, yeah, I don't know. Did you? So we can get into this now. Uh, Did you see the issues with the song Range Life? No. So. There are there's a part in that song where at the very end the last verse where they start he starts singing about uh, uh, smashing pumpkins and calling out this one is very much talking about these massive bands and talking about the music industry and making fun of it but also a counterpoint to that of saying like oh very much if I had that opportunity I would do the same but also calling out people and at the time they were calling out people such as. Um, Smashing Pumpkins, and Stone Temple Pilots. So the whole controversy with this was, so they're calling them out, calling these, like calling them basically just like, oh, you don't have real problems, chill out, like stop complaining. So the uh, whole drama behind that is apparently Smashing Pumpkins and Pavement were scheduled to play a same uh, show. Oh, I bet that went well. Well, so Billy Corgan, uh, and this is all rumor, and their management has denied it smashing pumpkins has Hmm. the whole rumor is and smashing pumpkins was the biggest band in the world at the time so like they would definitely have this power to say it so it was a music festival and they were the headliners and they said we will not play this show if pavement plays because of that song and pavement didn't play the show (laughs) 
think that's all you need to know. Yeah. I mean, there's arguments whether they were just never supposed to be on the show, pavement, that kind of stuff. But still, it's the, there's this whole controversy on it. And they've the pavements addressed it just saying kind of like, oh, yeah, like, we, yeah, that we meant to do this. Like, also, like, we just don't give a shit. But they seem like those guys. You listen to this music, and there's such a laissez-faire yeah. attitude yeah. with everything they do. But uh, I really like the song. It's a good song. And also, apparently, uh, because of that controversy, they would change out the the names of the bands. So they would say stuff like Dixie Chicks and other like relevant bands at the time. So, so they uh, just get everybody upset. Yeah, exactly. Which I, you know, I totally get that. It can be fun doing that kind of stuff. I do it plenty of time. But also, I don't have a huge platform. Right. Where like you're I'm not, not you're not selling half a million albums. If I had a platform like that, I would not go out and just like undercut people for many reasons because it's just not there's no need for that. And then also like I'm comfortable doing that as a musical like just a yeah. listener, but I'm not comfortable uh, doing that if I was like those people were actually hearing me. I would never say like rude things to an artist about their music. Like that just seems really shitty. <laughs> So, uh, unless you have anything else on this album, I, I nope. would like to, I would, the last thing I want to say about this album is that when our good friends, Beavis and Butthead, heard the song, Cut Your Hair, they termed the music, butt white music, and they wanted the band to try harder. And I can't agree with them more. So I feel like you, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like you really agree with them, huh? Butt white music. Oh, 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 I forgot. I had a whole uh, thing, uh, how I want to do it. We'll start on this album. Uh, uh, I, I want to have a little rating. Uh, on a scale of dry to wet pave, or wet to dry pavement. Dry pavement being good. Actually, no, fuck it. Dry, dry to wet pavement, however you see it. Uh, would you give this a dry pavement or a wet pavement? Very wet. I'll give it a dry. Um, I'm assuming wet is bad. So... so uh, it doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna give this a definitely a solid drive pavement. It just feels uh, I don't know. The album feels weird because it's like they tried to do something and it didn't really work. So yeah, well, to each their own. So then we got a year later, one year later, they released an album after their massive su- success or not massive success, but well, like for them, yeah. successful album that got them famous enough to get uh billy corgan pissed off right which i guarantee you it's pretty big though i think if you or i worked hard enough we could piss get billy corgan off uh yeah but not like half a million like record sales no for sure but um so a year later they released in 1995 wowie zowie uh great album name yeah so i've been trying bad bad artwork (laughs) (laughs) i don't think most of their artwork is good no, I think it's all pretty bad, but this one's worse because it's got the, a text bubble that says pavement question mark. Yeah. I that's think that's not a good thing to put on your album. Yeah. Apparently they recorded this album in like 10 days. Shout out that to That makes them. sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I enjoyed this album. Yeah. All right, so, so I've been this whole time trying to figure out what this music sound like uh, because I was like, there's something more than that 90s nostalgia feel. Like, this sounds like something. And it took me until this like album. This album? Oh, the band in general? Yeah. yeah, it took me until this album to figure out that this mostly feels like Beck's Mellow Gold and Odelay anti-folk era music to me. Yeah, yeah. They were coming out in the same time. Yeah. But it feels very much like, like that. Like lo-fi, kind of like half not half-assed, but... Yeah, just a lot of that delivery. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that song, uh, Grounded... 
uh, which mm-hmm. is holy shit. There's 18 songs. There's on a this. lot of songs on this album. Uh, this one. I didn't like that part. Yeah, th- there's a bit too much for me. But uh, the song "Grounded," I feel like I knew this song. It's good, and I'm guessing it's one of their biggest songs. But so it's uh, the only one that sounded remotely familiar. Yeah, and so I really like this song. But guess what? It was written at the same time as their previous record. Hmm. So that says something about how dry that pavement was last time. Uh, This one was written at the same time. Uh, I really feel like this album fluctuates between structured songs to a minute and a half loose, just whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, there's a lot more like experimentation, kind of weird. Yeah. When I say experimentation, I don't even mean like it's them really doing that. It's just doing something for a minute and a half. Yeah. So there, there's these structured songs like that song "Grounded," written. Yeah. During the last era. Yeah, and then followed by something that's a minute and sixteen seconds. Which yeah. Is not a so they'll have the structured, structured and then like this loose nothing. But then there's songs like "Extradition" that does it does both of them in the span of three minutes. Two uh, minutes. Oh wow. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> In the span of two minutes, yeah. it's somehow was very structured and then just completely went loose. Uh, so you can take, if you really like that stuff, I guess this is for you. Um, yeah, and I think uh, I am more likely to like that kind of stuff than you are. Yeah, for uh, sure. But even you like then, jazz. Yeah, but even then, like, it was really only the second half of this album that was, like, on a level of, like, being good in that way. Yeah. The first half was too weird because it was switching between structured stuff and like weird like interludes, basically. Yeah, but. definitely. Uh, I would say so. I just find that most of these song, mostly, that these songs will have elements uh, that I really enjoy and others that I don't. There's not really anything that I just extremely hate, but yeah. there's also like I can't enjoy the. I don't know. There's a lot there. I don't know if you've ever listened to Of Montreal, but. One of my biggest gripes with them is I really like their music, but they'll have a five-minute song, and three minutes of that song or two minutes of that song is the song, and then there's these like bookends of just kind of yeah. noise and stuff like that, and it's very much like I don't know if you have any music like this where I you'll listen to three minutes of a five-minute song and then just skip because then it's noise for two minutes. No, I just don't skip when listening to stuff i can't like if if it if i know it it doesn't go anywhere i'm just gonna skip it so like yeah at that point i just don't want to listen to it at all but if there's three minutes of a very catchy song yeah but i don't care i I, I, since just because i listened to like albums that's fair so Uh, well i have a lot of music like that so yeah yeah, i mean uh i guess the best example of what i was just talking about of like having a very good idea and then also having a very bad idea in the same song is uh the song um grave architecture uh it just i love most of it but then into the very end it gets into this unpolished guitar jam that just like goes on for the rest of the song luckily which, it's, which also leads into the next song yeah at&t yeah what'd you think of that one i didn't write any I, notes on i just it. think that's a weird ass name and i can't <laughs> can't believe they got away with that yeah i mean they're not big enough but they're big enough to like but at&t was big enough at the time <laughs> yeah that's true um I really like the song Kennel District, which is... uh, Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, like Grounded, it was written during the previous record. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, this song puts... uh, Just puts... Has that quintessential uh, 90s fuzz guitar uh, with somehow melancholy... Like melancholy sounding... Melancholy infinite sadness. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. With the... Well, (laughs) no, they have these like major progressions that sound melancholy. 
which is, I, I, man, how do you do that? That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, uh, you got anything else to say about this? Not on this one. So would you give this a wet or a dry pavement? Uh, I think this one's pretty wet. I'd say dry. We're backwards on uh, this metaphor. Are we? Yeah, I think this one's pretty wet. Uh, yeah, it, it's wet. And to uh, show you that uh, maybe the band concurs with me with how wet this pavement is, uh, I want to just wrap up our discussion on this album with saying uh, Stephen Malcolmus words uh, refuting that this album was a response to the success of their previous album because apparently like they tried to tank their own career correct (laughs) apparently a lot of people heard this and were like oh you guys were trying to tank your career by releasing this album so refuting that he said uh his judgment was clouded these are his words by the way he said his judgment was clouded by excessive marijuana usage and he said quote unquote the song sounded like hits to me (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could believe that. I just love how he was like, you know what? No, we didn't try to tank our career. That was me actually trying. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, people thought you were being smart. And it's just like Kanye does that shit where people will be like, Kanye, you're so genius doing what you're doing. And then like he'll be like, no, nah, I didn't think about that at all. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, you fucking idiot. But then the next day he'll be like, no, I, I was thinking that. Thank yeah. you. But we'll save that for our Kanye episode. Oh, we're not doing that. Nope. Uh, so then how many years later two, two years, later, years later which I think is genuinely a, an appropriate amount two to three years is well, a good especially for a band that only had seven years to put stuff out yeah seemingly so yeah and they very much knew that yeah uh, so uh, the next record uh, seven two years later in 1997 is Bright in the Corners uh, what do you think I have one thing that we might want to start with that uh, the drummer said of this album after we're talking in the context of their last album. He said, we're going to go into people's rooms and brighten their corners with music. Oh, is that why they called it that? Yeah, that's where the name came from, which is pretty funny. I yeah, like that. that is. Like, um, so, and yeah. It, it kind of works. Um, I think... This is so much more polished than the last out, record. <laughs> more polished again. Uh, it's much more laid back, though, and kind of relaxed. Oh, yeah, for I sure. Which I enjoyed. Um, I thought the last song was really great. Had no singles. Um, that actually that doesn't surprise me because none of these really well it surprises me nothing stood out as like a standalone song other than like the first two maybe those are their uh two of their biggest songs stereo and shady lane are two of their biggest songs Hmm. uh so despite having no singles it yielded two of their biggest songs uh i very much liked stereo i think shady lane is probably one of their great like start to this album oh yeah i think shady lane is maybe one of their best songs like i was so hooked on that chorus the like the oh my god oh my god it's my god it's her god it's it's god it's everyone's god like it that man he just that perfectly encapsulates like even when i don't like pavement musically i love the lyrics because it's just like it's very much this kind of like it seems very off the top of the head but it it it's calculated it's on yeah. purpose like he's saying things that seem like they make no sense but they probably are well, very yeah it's not convoluted yeah it's yeah. so good yeah it's not nonsense it's yeah. it's stringing these like intelligent words together but uh yeah shady lane i think maybe one of my favorite songs if not my favorite song by them uh then uh you got the song date with ikea uh i didn't know ikea was around in 1997 oh yeah when did they start 
a long time ago. I don't know if IKEA hand, but, the um, furniture store, by yeah, the way. Uh, I mean, what what <laughs> other Swedish, IKEA would there? I don't know. There, there may be, be a band. Uh, uh, no, IKEA started in 1943. So. Holy fuck! Yeah, <laughs> I did not know that. I don't know when it came to the U.S., so maybe they were on wow. at the very beginning. Just of like that a little trend, department but... store in uh, Sweden. Yeah. No, yeah, they've always been like a, a furniture. That's like, interesting. Fixture I didn't know that. Like, yeah. Well, date with IKEA. So that song makes more sense now to you, huh? Yeah. Timing. No, I I love that song. Like that that was like good two minute and forty second song. Like it, it's solid. <laughs> it's good, less than three minutes of your life. Yeah. No, I'll definitely give it three more minutes of my life. I think I listened <laughs> to it like four times today because I was skipping through like listening back to like songs I wrote notes on. Um, I appreciate the more polished side of Pavement. I think it. Uh, yeah, I think works. they would be better if they had more albums like this one. Yes. Uh, and then they get into uh, the song Type Slowly, which mm-hmm. has an awesome crescendo. Yeah, I wrote that song it. down yeah, as well. It has this awesome crescendo, which as a prog boy, I love that shit. So uh, it's just great. Um, really, uh, uh, I think this album makes that those off notes and those kind of like the laissez-faire attitude to how maybe how they're writing or maybe how they're um, recording, however it is. Yeah. Maybe it's both. Uh, I think it takes it and it's, it makes it more of an accent of the music and not their entire style. And that's the problem I've always had with Pavement is that that kind of being off and kind of detuned guitars, all that stuff, sounding shitty, was their style. Mm-hmm. And if it's an accent of it, I love it. That works. And on this album, they fucking nailed it. Yeah, it's like a flair of style instead of the whole style yeah the whole album they they just nailed it and i gotta tell you this is the driest fucking pavement i've ever fucking seen like i would put my hands on this and it always be hot because it's so dry this is the driest (laughs) pavement i've ever fucking seen it's so good oh fuck (laughs) spoilers dry pavement for me means good yeah this is very dry yeah this is the driest pavement so yeah but yeah i i love this album I think, I think this was such a good album. I think it's definitely their best album too. Yeah, and it's not their biggest album apparently. Like that shocked me listening to this and then that one with Cut Your Hair on it. I'm like, oh, why is this not bigger? It's so good. Like this one, it's like this one I really want to get on vinyl and then like I still need to get on vinyl the uh oh no, I tried to, but it's like impossible to get cuz hmm. it's out of print the um uh at the drive-in record oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's probably yeah i really wanted to get that but that's out of print currently yeah, just like the the mars volta you're not gonna be able to get that yeah so there there are a couple things we've done on this show which i love that we're doing this show that i'm finding these records that it's I'm a like, very oh. expensive show yeah not a problem but i really want to own that yeah. like i want to own this record on vinyl right in the corners fucking the driest pavement i've ever heard uh so got one more album i was gonna say do we even need to go on though no nah, uh i'd like to talk about this album <laughs> Uh, so two years later, they came out with Terror Twilight, which, uh, do you know why they called it Terror Twilight? Mm, I don't know why they called it that now. So, uh, let me, fuck, I gotta find it in here. Okay, so, uh, Bob Nastinovich came up with the title, that's one of the uh, members of the band that I won't name. Call him Bob. Bob came up with the title, and he has revealed the meaning, uh, in several interviews, that Twilight Terror, this is his words, Twilight Terror is the short span between sunset and dusk. This is considered to be the most dangerous time in traffic. 
because half of the people switch on their headlights and the other half doesn't. It's when most uh, accidents occur. That's what Twilight, or that's what Terror Twilight it's is. Oddly specific. I think it's so it's so cool. I like that idea because I also I hate that time. I hate yeah. driving in that time of day, and for similar reasons. So hmm. I was like, oh man, that that's pretty cool. Like I definitely agree with you. But uh, you, did you see who produced this? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that's kind of interesting. That's why I want to talk about this. It's also interesting that it uh, was released on Domino in the UK. So. Yeah. So uh, this was uh, produced by Nigel Godrick, who we have talked about. He did uh, Beck. He did a Beastie Boys album. Yeah, he did he's most known for Radiohead. Most known for Radiohead. But I'm talking about what we've done. Yeah. Hagen and them did. Or Hagen oh, and Dave yeah, did Radiohead. Yeah. Uh, what, what we've done, he's done Beck and Beastie Boys. Uh, and now Pavement. So this is their final studio album currently. Uh, and we can talk and about probably, it. Yeah, probably. Uh, we'll, good, I yeah. Assume, uh, we can talk about that in a bit. But uh, I think overall, um, it's a decent album. I would say it's just kind of a wash. There's not. Yeah, it's it, definitely middle of the pack. Yeah, it's not a bad album. There are some good songs on it. The song it opens up with Spit on a Stranger, which is pretty catchy. Uh it, like, again, it's super polished. You're not yeah. going to get a Nigel Godrick album without it being pretty polished. Uh, the song Folk Jam, I wrote this down because I don't think I would have appreciated this song had I not, like I have a friend who's in a band uh, called Light Horse Harry from Austin, Texas, and I'm not a super big fan of that kind of like country folk, but because I had a friend in it, I've gone to a couple of their shows and I've actually gotten really into their music. I really like it. I, you know, Shout out to Light Horse Harry. But I don't think I would have enjoyed this song without them. Hmm. So shout out to them for making me able to enjoy a song called Folk Jam. Um, the song Major Leagues is one of their better songs. Super yeah, that's, catchy. That stood out, yeah. Uh, and then the very last song, Carrot Rope, also I think one of their best songs. Uh, so it ends on this, like, their career, recording on career, yeah. ends on this really good note musically. Uh, Major Leagues is one of their better songs, and then Carrot Rope is the last song on the album. So, overall, I do think this album's a wash. It's just kind of kind of bland. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably yeah, give it six dry pavements six dry, out of yeah. ten wet pavements. It It is a very, like, almost a different sound, but that's obviously the production. Yeah, for um, sure. It, so, it also felt a little bit different in the instrumentation. Like, they've kind of, like, grown up and gotten a little bit you know it is extremely got a little bit more cleaned up yeah so yeah. so i thought that was interesting i've listened to it a couple times since doing this yeah um because it is enjoyable to listen to it's just not it's just not, not their you know, best their best album yeah no. it's definitely not like uh, the last album yeah so uh i assume you didn't see the whole uh so okay let's get into this so they hired nigel godrick who had just did okay computer with radiohead everyone that just massive record uh, also had just worked with Beck as well. So, you know, he's this huge guy right now. So they get him. Uh, apparently, they originally were going to record this album on their own, and they basically would get into the studio, and the amount of time that they had the studio, they got in there, and the singer would rather play Scrabble with the recording engineer. So it definitely didn't work for them to produce it themselves. So they decided to enlist Nigel Godrick, who... Uh, we all know what he's done. Uh, so this is where it kind of gets tricky. So the band 
feels, everyone except for the singer, feels uh, that Nigel Godrick came in with this idea of he's producing the singer, Stephen uh, Malcolmus, and that he was more focused on what Stephen was wanting and not the rest of the band. So the band felt like completely alienated. Hmm. And it shows that like on other albums, there are songs written by multiple people in the band. Yeah. But on this album, every song is written by the singer. So there was that tension coming and we know where this tension is going. This is their final record. Uh, but they were doing that uh, and they just kind of felt that tension. And then uh, the album came out and Malcolmus starts talking about it because it wasn't their biggest album. And he starts saying like, oh yeah, uh, you know, we en- we enlisted Nigel Godrick, who, you know, obviously has his standards, basically calling him out saying that like he was expensive and we went to a studio who, so hmm. they said uh, there were things that we did and it feels super polished because Nigel Godrick has his uh, standards and like they went to an original studio and... Nigel said, we have to go to a different uh, studio because I don't, like, it didn't uh, work. Like, for, he just didn't like it? Yeah, he was like, he was saying, and the band was saying, oh, that's because he was being, you know, pretentious. But guess what? You know the reason why he wanted to leave those studios? is because there were practice rooms right near uh, the hmm. room, and that the room was set up like a home studio, and Nigel Godrick was like, you guys are too good for this. Like, let's get you in a legit studio where we're not recording other people practicing. So I think that's totally reasonable to say, hey, I'm out here from the UK in New York City. Like, let's do this right. Uh, Apparently, Johnny Greenwood played, uh, who is in Radiohead. He's the Hmm. guitarist of Radiohead. He played harmonica on two of the songs, Platform Blues and Billy. But so getting into that. So then Malcolmus in 2017, he said uh, he described Terror Twilight as a real classic rock overproduced $100,000 record. With that much money, you should be able to make something good. We made some things that weren't as good as they could have been. So he basically is calling out uh, Nigel Godrick saying, you know, we spent $100,000 on this record. Uh, we probably, it should be better. And saying like, oh, but that was throwing just... throwing it under, yeah, throwing it on the producer. Yeah, throwing it on him. Like, you're so expensive, you should have made this good. And then also like, maybe you're overpriced. <laughs> to which Nigel Godrick responded to that saying, I literally slept on my friend's floor in New York City to be able to make that album. Like basically saying he was cutting corners. He wasn't getting a nice hotel. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't any of his stuff. Like he was saying like, I did whatever it took to make that album. Like that's so shitty of you to say. Yeah, and meanwhile they were trying to play Scrabble. So yeah, so obviously there's some issues within the band. So then they go on a six month tour, and uh, the singer was having issues. He would get on the tour bus and throw a jacket over his head and refuse to talk anybody and refer to him as the little bitch. He was calling himself the little bitch would have thrown him off the bus <laughs> so uh it all came in uh, a bunch of critics were noting that their set list uh started to include a lot of their older material starting to seem like a bunch uh, like a greatest hits compilation of a band who was uh intentionally about to break up hmm. so critics were starting to notice that stuff and it all came to a head at the 1999 coachella music festival and this is where it all comes full circle where we talked about this at the beginning uh st- Basically, Malcolmus, the singer, 
got on stage and refused, and it's unsure whether or not he was possibly unable to do this because of an illness or if he was just throwing a tantrum, but he refused to sing. They had an hour-long set of just basically them getting up there and jamming. And they're not a jam band. Right. They're very much not that. I watched some live performances of them, and like you think that the sour they, notes they come could out do that here. for a little bit, but not. Oh, it's not for an hour. Yeah, it's very loose structured performances. But and so after that, the band kind of courted him and said, "Hey, we need to talk about this. That wasn't cool." And then finally, Malcolmus uh, confided to his bandmates, saying, "I just don't want to do this anymore." So they finished the tour. Oh no shit! Yep. I feel like they knew that before. So they finished the tour. Uh, their last show that they played was in London at the Brixton Academy, uh, November 20th, 1999. Uh, Malcolmus had a pair of handcuffs that he put on his mic stand. And during the show, he said, those handcuffs represent what it's been like to play in this band. That's fun. <laughs> that was their last show. Like, what an asshole. And so now they're doing a reunion tour because he needs money. Maybe. Uh, they're not doing a reunion tour. So well, reunion shows. Band broke up. They haven't released any music since uh, 1999, but they got together in 2010, so I, I think that they've uh, they've made amends that they're friends now, which that that's good. Uh, I think these things happen where they just need a break. Yeah. So they had a reunion. They well, played I mean, shows. they were putting out a lot of albums very quickly yep. and i assume touring for each one so yeah and uh so they had uh you know a handful of shows in 2010 and then now in 2020 they're going to be playing those two shows so i i would say i think uh, while it is possible i think it's very unlikely i would put a lot of money on it that pavement will never release music again well, they may play some shows. Yeah, I think that's pretty likely. They'll never release music. There's just no way. I just think... The fact that they're only doing two shows in Spain, of all places, is <laughs> like... Oh, so it's in Spain. It's not South America. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> going to say it earlier, but yeah, it's not even close. I didn't know. Uh, they're, they're, it's in it's in Spain. Uh, I thought it was so. in, like, Brazil. No. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. It's in Europe. That makes more that sense. That makes more sense, but it's still pretty weird. Huh. Uh, to well, me, at least. It's like, I don't know. It seems like you could do two nights... That yeah. you know, in New York City, and be in done. Coachella. Well, and like, it makes sense why yeah. they don't want to play Coachella. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't. It'd be kind of shitty to do a reunion show at a festival anyway, probably. But yeah, well, they could sell it at two festivals. That the festivals. Well, I, I still think that's kind of weird. I feel yeah, like they could just sell out two nights at like anywhere they want. Well, I think so. the appeal of doing because uh, it's going to be a big deal, and it is a big deal that they're doing these shows because uh, they have such a following. Yeah. Uh, well, and they're they're that they're able to play show. a huge crowd, a bigger crowd than you can play in any arena. That's true. Even the yeah. biggest arena in the world cannot count, like yeah compare to being able to play to a full like field. field. Yeah. Like you can just keep pushing that field back if you can sell yeah. enough tickets. Uh, so yeah. Uh, overall, I would. Uh, what would you give Pavement? I would say that out of five pavements, I would give them. Th- three and a half to four dry pavements. I very much like pavement. I have changed. I was very excited for this episode because I was like, this is one of the first times where there was a band that I just absolutely despised that like now I really like. This was good. This was fun. I liked it. Yeah, I think uh, three out of five is pretty accurate. Yeah. Three out of five 
dry pavements. Yeah, I'm just thinking about an album in terms of albums too. There's two albums I don't like. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. Is like there's there are a, three albums I dig. And there's one that is really good. Two that are pretty good. I think three and a half for so. me. Yeah, three and a half. There are some from those songs that I or albums I don't like that enough that you could have half an yeah. album. So uh, I definitely. Where do you think people should start? I know where I say they should start. So because I I would think you should start on the first album just because it is a good debut huh. album. Man, uh, so here's my thought. Go ahead. Uh, that that would be it. Just start yeah. there, and then if you if you like that, then go to Brighten the Corners. Yeah. Uh, and then just you know mix it around and go wherever you want. I don't really yeah. know. So I think okay. What, I just wouldn't start with the second album. What, what, and so that's what people are gonna say is listen yeah. to that second album. If you're gonna listen to us and agree or like like what we've said about the band, I think the best way to go about this is listen to Brighten the Corners. Such a good album. That is an awesome album. If you're not gonna listen to anything, listen to that album. It's so. Yeah, good. I guess that's fair. If you're only gonna listen to one, but I'm yeah. I'm thinking if you are yeah. I agree. Interested in hearing the band's like progression, maybe you start with the first one and then do that one. And that's yeah, it. that's fair. So. Uh, I think if you're going to limit yourself to you know a handful of the records, listen to Bright Brighten the Corners first. If you like that, then maybe you can either do Slanted and Enchanted, the first record, or the second record, Crooked yeah. Rain, Crooked Rain, uh, with the knowledge that Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain is their biggest album. So if you really and like very Bright... different. So I think the best way of going about it and this is my personal opinion is bright in the corners crooked 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 rain crooked rain and then slanted and enchanted i think that is my way of going about it you could probably skip those other two albums yeah. but if you want to do the full thing just fucking listen to it from start to finish it's probably a good way of doing it um yeah that was that was solid i really enjoyed that one that this is a good one pat yeah. on the back to me i enjoyed it uh i'm really glad that I can now listen to Pavement and enjoy them. So I'm not sure if I've done that on this show, but I know I've definitely listened to some shit that I hated. No, yeah, this was good because it was something that I've I've definitely heard the name and I've just never... Yeah, I've put it off for so long. Yeah. So Uh, Speaking of bands that we've largely ignored that are significant or influential or whatever you want to call it, (laughs) uh, the next band we're going to listen to is Slow Dive. Yes. Which has how many albums? Four. Four albums. Four albums. Uh, kind of similar to one of the other bands that we've done in that one of those albums is pretty recent. Yeah. We've done a couple albums that are like that. Like, I guess you could say D'Angelo is somewhat Yeah, I was like thinking that. Uh, Bauhaus is the big, the main one I was thinking Bauhaus, of, at least. Iggy, and the Stooges. Yeah, Iggy, or, yeah Sorry, the Stooges. Yeah, the Stooges, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they have four albums. We'll be listening to all four studio albums. Uh, they're from, they're the... Uh, english uh shoegaze dream pop ambient band slow dive that'll be uh next week and we have something big in the works for our yeah, for the end year, of the year it's gonna be a two-part episode. episode yeah it, it's a big bad boy and we think we're gonna the plan is is hagan and dave are gonna join in on yeah. that one too and we can't tell you what it is yet because we have to figure out wha- how many albums exactly we're gonna be listening to but we'll announce It'll it be next. a lot we'll announce it next uh episode. next uh, next episode yeah Thank you for listening. This has been Deep Dive. Y'all! Hi-ho.